You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hell is that, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. You got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown pass of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, your initial 53-man roster, emphasis on initial. We'll do a recap of how the roster stands today with all the flurry of moves, including two trades. We'll also hear from head coach Mike McDaniel, safety Deshaun Elliott, defensive lineman Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer, as well as wide receiver Jalen Waddle. All of that and more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Two trades, maybe not the one you were expecting today, but we do see Dan shipped off to the Chicago Bears in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick. The Dolphins also trade Noah Igbenogany, former first-round draft pick here in Miami, to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for fellow 2020 draft pick in the second round of the Dallas Cowboys, Kelvin Shepard of Kentucky and LSU in college. We'll talk about his game a little bit more in just a moment, but it is the worst day in the National Football League, at least today and the day that you are eliminated from contention, be it the Super Bowl or Thanksgiving for a struggling team, whatever it might be. Cutting down this many guys is just, well, it just sucks. And I want to play some sound here from Coach from earlier today when he talked to the media about how difficult the process is of going from 90 guys down to 53. You know, when it's appropriate, I think it does come up for sure. Um, Just because, you know, that (laughs) they, they get you know, beat over the head with adversity is an opportunity. And, and that's where it comes from for, for me is live, uh, living experience of those things. And just, to, you know, I don't, I think to be an effective coach, uh, you, you have to embark on each individual player's journey. And when you do that, it's very easy to understand, you know, the, the first time that I ever got let go. Um, with the Houston Texans, okay? Um, viscerally, I'll never forget. It was the first time, apparently that was an impressive answer. We just had a walkout. Um, I'll viscerally never forget, like, I'd been on a team my whole life. And then th- I remember walking out of Reliance Stadium and like, wow, who am I? And that identity, although, you know, a player's experience is different than a coach's, I think that there's a commonality in that, um, which is why it's, you know, very emotional and very, very difficult um, for me in, the, in these times is because I, I know exactly what that is. And you wake up, I mean, you are embarking on an uh, invested journey that your mind is goal-oriented to be on the 53 for the Miami Dolphins. And then boom, now what? I don't wish that on anybody. It's as 
uncharted territory is like one of the, um, the unknown is like one of the greatest sources of stress. Um, like that's science, like it's been studied and it, it is a, a feeling that I don't wish on anyone. However, I do feel like, um, there's certain times that it's very, very appropriate to share that with, with guys because, you know, you can see it on people's faces when I, you know, I didn't even see this coming or what do I do now? And that, that it's, it's brutal. Um, so it comes up. I think that's an important part. It's not about living exactly in someone's shoes. It's being able to connect shared or experiences that might render residual feelings that are similar. So, um, again, I, it, I, I mean it, this is, this is brutal. There's more deserving, um, there's more than 53 deserving people to be on this football team. Um, but there's only 53 spots and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I pressed upon the locker room today, like part of your grieving of your, of your brethren that isn't here is doing right by so them. So now that you know how difficult sure of a process this is, let's go ahead and list off your initial 53-man roster. Of course, you're going to get changes over the next couple of days as, of course, some of these guys go on injured reserve. Uh, some of these guys will be signed back to the roster. There's just all kinds of activity that happens here, not just for your Miami Dolphins, but the entire NFL. The roster as it stands right now as of this podcast, though, three quarterbacks, Tua Tungavailoa, Mike White, Skylar Thompson. No surprises there, obviously. Running back position, there are six of them. That's kind of a surprise. Plenty of backs on the roster. Jeff Wilson, Savon Ahmed, Devon A-Chain, Raheem Mostert, Chris Brooks, the UDFA out of BYU sticks on the roster, and of course, fullback Alec Ingold. Uh, only Miles Gaskin uh, no longer with us here after today. What a great preseason he had. What a good run he had with the Miami Dolphins. Miles Gaskin, a class act all the way. Good to see him hopefully land on his feet somewhere. Uh, wide receivers, six of them Braxton Berrios, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson Jr., who restructured his contract for a pay cut. That's going to be a benefit to the Dolphins' salary cap. 17, Jalen Waddell, Eric Ezukama, and River Craycraft go Cougs. No surprises there. I think that Chosen was one of the guys we were talking about potentially sticking on the roster. I talked about it on the podcast frequently. And I thought this team had seven NFL wide receivers and Chosen is the one on the outside for now. Tight end position, two of them, Durham Smythe and Julian Hill. That's obviously a surprise. You're not going to go into the air with just two tight ends. Julian Hill makes the roster as a UDFA from Campbell, the Fighting uh, Camels. That's a pretty, pretty great mascot and team name. Um, but I think we'll probably see some activity there as well. was pr- pretty surprised. No Tanner Connor after the week he had. I thought he was going to stick here uh, despite just one week of work back in his second season. Offensive line, 10 guys here. Connor Williams, Robert Jones, who we'll see what his availability is going forward, but uh, we saw he had that injury back in the Houston game. Lester Cotton with a good preseason sticks on the roster. Robert Hunt, Kendall Lamb, Keon Smith, what I think made the biggest jump from last season to this year in terms of his development. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Teron Armstead, obviously Austin Jackson, Liam Eichenberg, and Isaiah Wynn for your 10 offensive linemen. On the defensive side, four interior down linemen. Big surprise here to me was Deshaun Hand being released. But again, activity happens over the next couple of days. So you get Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Brandon Peely, and Ray Quan Davis. We'll talk about Zach Sealer's contract extension and hear from he, Christian Wilkins, Mike McDaniel, and Deshaun Elliott in just a moment. Off the edge, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Emmanuel Ogba. I think the surprise there is Malik Reed. But again, 
keep your eyes peeled for the next couple of days there. Off-ball linebackers, four of them, Channing Tindall, Duke Riley, David Long Jr., and Jerome Baker. I think that was pretty obvious from the first day of training camp till now, and that's your four linebackers with Andrew Van Ginkle cross-training. Six cornerbacks. We talked about the addition of Kelvin Joseph. We'll, we'll uh, break down his game here in a moment. Cater Kohu, Jalen Ramsey, who, of course, will have to flip over to IR to start the season. Cam Smith, Xavier Howard, and Eli Apple round out your cornerback room. Thought maybe Justin Bethel might have a chance. Noah Ignogany gets shipped out to Dallas as well, so a couple of moves and changes there at the last minute. At the safety position, five of them, Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, Elijah Campbell. I hope that we get a chance to see him this year. Um, he was out there getting some work on the bike at practice uh, as he recovers from that injury he suffered in Jacksonville. Brandon Jones and Verone McKinley round out your defense there, and then the three specialists, no surprises here, uh, Blake Ferguson, Jake Bailey and Jason Sanders with Nick Needham going to the physically unable to perform list. Keon Cross and Eric Saubert were both uh, put on injury reserve ahead of the season, so they will miss the entire year. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel on that decision and how that kind of process works. Things have changed the last couple of years. I feel like the NFL really did a good job of looking at their rules and practices and procedures and putting some changes in place to antiquated ways of doing things. And one of those big changes was just how the injury reserve works and bringing guys back. But there's all kinds of different language that makes things pretty confusing. And, and to be perfectly frank, as someone who studies this stuff like full-time, even confuses me sometimes. So here's Coach talking about the decision to put Sobert and Cross in on injured reserve and some of the decisions that have to be made this week with regards to guys boomeranging back on designation to return off IR. I figure out as the as the week progresses because of the uh, multiple implications within the roster, um, but it was uh, in both in both of those players' um, interest with with regard to their injury uh, to to go ahead and do that. Um, which you know the I, later in the week I think it's. Wednesday night or Thursday, we settle the uh, designated for return players with the uh, accompanied movements. And also in the roster rundown there, I mentioned a couple of those position groups were pretty short of the requisite number of players, two tight ends, and really only three active safeties. It was kind of funny to watch them work today in their position groups because it was just so light compared to what we're used to. Here's Coach. He was asked about adding numbers at the safety position, but really the answer covered more than just that group. Here's Mike McDaniel. I think it would be safe to say that you don't feel completely safe with two little safeties, okay? Um, there, I, I would anticipate something, you know, that there's, there's a lot of ways um, now that your, your roster can be um, set up uh, with regard to um, the, you know, since COVID year, the, the 16 player um, practice squad and the, the flexibility and things of that nature. So um, there's, there's some depth um, issues that will be um, solidified um, by uh, some practice squad members, maybe some active activity. I mean, shoot, tune in for the Chris Greer show tomorrow. Who knows what you'll find out. He really weaved that theme in and out of the press conference all day discussing the uh, Chris Greer show, which will have Chris Greer at the podium for a press conference on Wednesday afternoon. And we'll have that covered for you all here on the Drive Time podcast as soon as it concludes and we have the entire show ready for you guys. Let's go ahead and take a look at the entire roster and just kind of give you some thoughts about each position group. But first, before that, we call that a tease in the industry, our first break. Drive Time podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Busy day in Miami Gardens at the Baptist Health Training Complex Cutting the roster down to 53 players. It's going to be a busy week. And then we've got game week next week. We'll get you guys updated on the podcast schedule. Sometime next week, I have a couple of guests I'm coming, I'm welcoming on the show. Jordan Rodrigue will join us to talk about the Great Play Callers podcast she did this summer. Brett and EJ from the Bootleg Football Podcast. Uh, Brett Coleman, EJ Snyder, two very knowledgeable football savants. We're going to have them on the show here. And uh, maybe some others. We'll see what happens here as we go into Charger Week. Also going to welcome on a member of the Chargers beat to break down that game. And, of course, the return of the in-depth game previews. I promise you, you're not going to find more information on an opposition uh, for the Dolphins this year than you do on this podcast each and every week. That's going to be Wednesdays this year, the game preview podcast. Let's take a look at the roster we're going to take into Los Angeles, at least at the time being. Again, it's going to change, but for the sake of topicalness, is that a word? We're going to talk about it right now. So quarterbacks, three of them. Number one, Tua Tungavailoa, 14, Mike White, 19, Skylar Thompson. No changes or surprises here. I think there was some moments where you thought maybe they could keep two quarterbacks. But going back to March when Mike White signed, I think it was pretty apparent you're going to have three quarterbacks, especially given Tua's injury history. Tua went through some ups and downs in camp this year, but I think that's only going to be a benefit to his growth. Seeing challenging looks and working your way through solutions with a better grasp and ownership of the offense you're playing within, I think that with his upgraded physical skill sets, we've seen and heard Coach talk about the best version we've seen of Tua Tonga-Vailoa, right? I think that puts him in position to continue his trajectory that he's shown in his NFL career where each year he's gotten better than the previous one. I think that Tua's skills are a perfect complement to what this offense wants to be with running the running the football, firing off the ball for the offensive line, which sets everything up. Teron Armstead told us that back in Houston, that if you don't fire off the ball, then nothing else in this offense works. The quick game, taking vertical shots, displacement at the second level. The fact that Tua does everything so fast from the footwork to the release to the processing to the pre-snap determination. I mean, it's beating a dead horse, but our head coach literally told the story about going over Tua's tape and showing his cut-up to the entire organization as a way to say, these are the traits that we can and should and did build around. And it pairs perfectly with the offensive line, the receivers, the entire operation. Then with Mike and Skyler, I love the makeup, or I should say the approach you take there in the room. Get your proven starter, get your veteran backup who's shown he can be a spark plug off the bench with the Jets, and then get your developmental prospect in there, which Skyler has shown a penchant for some playmaking at times, 
And I think that you can only expect things to slow down for him at this stage of his career because this offense is vastly different than the one he ran at Kansas State. So hopefully that processing stuff speeds up and he can become basically your, you know, your QB2 of the future, I think, if, if he does that. Between those two and you know whoever wins the number two job, you've got the vet who's been around and seen the league. You've got the, the guy that you figure is still developing. And the, they're all intelligent, tough-minded people who can support quarterback one. It's a good QB room. At running back, six of them. You know what? We already listed the guys off. Wilson, Ahmed, A-Chain, Mostert, Brooks, and Ingold. I had the bootleg guys in the podcast, and you'll hear that down the road here in a moment. But Brett made a comment about the seemingly requirement of 4-3 speed to play running back here, and I got quite the kick out of that because the speed this room offers allows the Dolphins' offense to really maximize its ultimate goal, and it's the goal of every offense, but this one really adheres to it. Attacking open patches of grass. Sounds simple, but sometimes can be difficult to actually create in the interim. You create displacement with play action, with vertical game, with outside zone, and there's multiple ways to achieve it when you have a couple of 4-2 guys out wide and then a stable of 4-3 backs in the backfield. Gosh, that creates a lot of conflict for defenses. I also think the second year with this group and how it will create some synergy within the back pages of the offense and general better understanding of tracks, when to bend, bang, and bounce for a running back, I find that to all be reason for optimism for even more production here this season. You know, individually, I just love the way Raheem glides into the gap after he presses or stretches the offensive line and defensive line out. I thought he showed you his tenacity down the stretch last year. And speaking of tenacity, who has more of it than Jeff Wilson? Absolute tone setter, absolute beast out there. And then the long times uh, of the podcast know how much I freaking love Savon Ahmed's game. Exceptional pass receiver out of the backfield. Balance and strength to make that force defender miss, like we saw in Jacksonville, on those wide runs. And then the acceleration to not just make him a 15-yard run, make it a 45-yard run that changes the game. And then, of course, Devon A. Chain, probably the fastest of all of these guys, home run speed, who will keep the perimeter of the defense honest. And whenever it fully clicks for him, we'll see when that happens to be because most rookies don't have it happen right away. He's going to be able to stress the defense in a way that no one else can, quite frankly. Then there's Chris Brooks, who you all got to know in these games. That power he displayed was prominent both in practices this month, but also going back to his college tape at BYU. Five running backs plus Alec Ingold. You guys know how I feel about him. He is kind of the straw that stirs the drink in that backfield. Let's go ahead and go to Mike McDaniel now, who touched on the UDFAs who made this team. Really good kind of dissertation here from Coach, but since Chris Brooks is on the, on the list here so far of guys we've talked about, I thought it was a good place to plug this in. Mike McDaniel on Chris Brooks, Julian Hill, and Brandon Peely making the initial 53-man roster. That is the journey that is the hardest, um, most difficult to navigate that really um, exists. You go 0-60 to 60 from college to professional, and then you get here, and you are stacked underneath guys that have been doing it professionally in the scheme or on the stage for an extended period of time, and it can be it can look insurmountable. Especially, you know, you have your first um, your rookie minicamp, and you're like, man, I'm pretty good, and then you get to a practice with all your with your whole team, and you're like, whoa. So undrafted free agents that are able to make a 53-man roster, they um, that in it, in it of itself, I think I crushed that, um, that by itself really is uh, such a monumental task that so few people can 
undertake, um, promise nothing, um, and 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 really just behind the eight ball. Um, you know, it's like if I if I went to a a foreign country, could I speak fluent fluently in a month and a half or however long? That's tough to do. Um, but you know, every year there's there's certain guys that you're you're really trying to find that have that mental fortitude to to really accomplish something like that. Um, very huge accomplishment um, that you know the the that really all the teammates really appreciate. You you want to see an excited um, locker room. It's seeing an undrafted rookie free agent um, uh, on the fifty-three because they most of the time they're they're breathing a sigh of relief because their hope they've if they're even in consideration they've made waves um, in practice and preseason games and to to see that that goal you know all of their um, five or ten thousand dollar signing bonus. Um, you know, and, and just really doing stuff for the right reasons and learning fast. It's a, it's a cool process for, for everybody involved in, um, a a lot of respect given to those three and, um, uh, many other, uh, rookies that hopefully will join us. As my guy OJ McDuffie always says, wide out, six wide receivers, Braxton Berrios, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Eric Ezukama, and River Craycraft. It's well documented how excited I am about this group. Tyreek and Jalen, the best one-two punch in the game, maybe of all time, I don't know. Uh, speed, detail, competitiveness, the total package those guys are. But then we've got a nice mix of really everything else. I think certain guys satisfy certain roles here. You've got special teams aces in there. You've got guys who can run all the positions, should we be without any of the top two guys. You've got good run blockers to figure into the mix to give Tyreek and Jalen their breathers when they need them. I think Barrios was even more than advertised all camp long in terms of what he can do from a skill set standpoint. I think Azukama moves in a way that is different than the rest of the guys outside of Tyreek and Jalen. But I would say the way he transitions out of breaks and, and takes off with the football in his hands, EE is, is next in that group with how sudden he is and how smooth he is just moving on the football field. We've seen him carry the rock. You know, it, it's been impressive with that too. I think that Cedric Wilson's camp or summer was kind of what I thought we were getting last year when he had a pretty slow camp last season. And he's been good with the routes, his suddenness, his vertical threats. He's beat one-on-ones all preseason. And then, of course, River Craycraft, just so detailed, an absolute coach's dream. We heard from Jalen Waddle today, uh, who was wearing a beautiful John Daly shirt at his press conference. I asked him if he plays golf. I said, no, I suck. And uh, was trying to get him out there, but he doesn't want to do it. Let's go ahead and hear from Jalen Waddle on learning from Wes Welker and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, man, you learn each and every day um, with um, a coach like Wes and a guy like Reek. Um, if it's not them telling me um, something, it's them, you know, you know, doing it themselves and going out there. Playing with a guy like Reek, you learn so much just from him going out there and doing it for so many years and being consistent and just being a leader on his team. And Wes actually did it too. So it's kind of easy when you got a coach that did it and really, you know, can tell you what, it, what to expect out there and, and what to, like, really do. Just two tight ends, uh, Durham Smythe and Julian Hill. I think you've seen a level of comfort established in Durham in this system. 
He's playing fast, I think. He's hitting some really difficult blocks in the games, and really just kind of sticking that role can be one of the more undervalued aspects of this offense, taking even another step. Those key blocks that he hits off the edge, man, those those can change the outcome of plays and, and not just like by a small margin, by a significant one. Julian Hill, I thought, came the furthest of all the tight ends in regards to his blocking game, and he's a little bit thicker, and he has probably more of a frame to, to execute it. But obviously, just two tight ends going to change as we get into the regular season. Offensive line, 10 of them. Uh, Williams, Jones, Cotton, Hunt, Lamb, Smith, Keon Smith, Armstead, Jackson, Eichenberg, and Wynn. We really saw the Dan Feeney trade shake some things up, and I think it's more of a sign of the progress we've seen from some of the young guys. You know, we'll hear from Coach here in a moment, but Liam Eichenberg getting those center reps back in the spring that, uh, you know, he and Coach have both touched down. Lester Cotton playing really well this preseason, I thought, and Robert Jones having a damn good camp. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach on the Dan Feeney trade. You guys always sit here and tell me, you know, what's, what's the big deal about OTAs, right? Huh? Huh? Do you remember there was some, there was a center, every play. Um, and, uh, you know, a, the, the first guys up to be working on that and who've been training since um, OTAs and got invaluable reps throughout. Um, will be uh, Liam Eichenberg and Lester Cotton. So um, we have a good core of um, players in uh, in the interior, and you know adversity is an opportunity. I remember when people were freaking out about Connor Williams playing center last summer or last OTAs, and look how that turned out. I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but I think we should trust this guy and kind of how he, he views things. Uh, you know, the offensive line had really good continuity all camp. You know, Sands Teestead going through his typical ramp-up period. But I think that Wynn has played really damn well at left guard. I think Williams and Hunt is one of the best center-right guard combinations in all of football. I continue to be impressed by how Austin Jackson looks like he's getting better incrementally each day out there. And if he stays on that track, then we're going to be in a great spot going forward with the offensive line. I think highly of Kendall Lamb. I think he's one of the best swing tackles in the NFL. Talk to a wall if you disagree because uh, – I know that the, <laughs> there's some accounts out there who come after me and only want to talk about how bad the offensive line is. And it's like, guys can get better, guys can develop, guys can stick in certain years. And what I've seen from Kendall Land this year is a pretty damn good player at either tackle position, and he would start for some teams. That's just the bottom line. Keon Smith, I, full transparency, I didn't think I was going to be watching him this preseason because last year was rough in training camp, but he'd made a huge jump. The tape was good in the preseason, and it puts him on the active roster for now. Uh, interior defensive line. Actually, let's go ahead and take a break right there and come back and talk about the defense. Plenty of audio for you guys on Zach Sealer and a really cool moment between he and Christian Wilkins at the podium on Tuesday. All of that's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by Auto Nation. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? 
Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Interior defensive line here on the third and final segment. Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Brandon Peely, and Raekwon Davis. I think you look at this group and you have the same two thoughts. Like, you're as happy as any team in the NFL with the starters, but there's zero proven depth. And it makes me a little bit anxious about it. Peely, look, I I talked about his tape and thought it was very inconsistent, very up and down this training camp and this uh, preseason. And we'll see how the roster shakes out in the next week plus, especially with all that cap space cleared up with the Cedric Wilson restructure, with the Dan Feeney trade and trading Noah Igbenogany as well. But I think you look at this group regardless of what happens. And if you get the same workload from Christian and Zach and Raekwon, you know, for all purposes – uh, who's slimmer and quicker, has better hands right now. I think we're in great shape with those three guys. If you get that workload, it's not going to matter. But you got you do have to have depth in the instance that these guys miss some time, and that's obviously the concern. Let's make this the Zach Sealer hour. Let's go ahead and first hear from Coach McDaniel on Zach Sealer and the example that he creates for all the guys who got cut today and just how important that can be for a football team to have that example and just know that your journey, because you got cut, not necessarily over. Sometimes you can sign for $10 million a year like Zach Sealer. The absolute... Um, you know, climax of the the coaching experience. It is everything because you to watch someone go to sustain what that's what that is that that body blow that is to be released from a team um, to to battle against the human nature that is. Am I good enough? The fortitude to keep pressing forward for the right reasons, the belief it takes in oneself, all of that, and and to to see someone come out the other side. Um, we're so fortunate to have Zach, um, and we were so fortunate to be able to um, to to be able to uh, extend him for three years and. There's one thing you know with guys like that. Um, every every piece of the pie was earned. And that that is a testament, um, a living testament, that, you know, we have in-house now um, a, a great example of perseverance that you can always um, resource and point out, you know, um, I, I I brought it up the other day. Um, I think my last team meeting with the 90-man uh, roster is before you go into a world where this is all or nothing. I, I asked, you know, Raheem Mostert, how many times have you been cut? Zach Sealer, how many times have you been cut? And that's that's everything because that you, you don't go through this this world of NFL football unscathed. And, you know, there's not, it's not a coincidence that I say adversity is an opportunity every two minutes because it's always there. But um, if you can control what you can control, you have a chance to be the best version of yourself and live after football with no regrets. Let's hear from Christian Wilkins on Zach Sealer. And yes, that is him getting choked up talking about his best friend. 
in the whole wide world. I honestly, um, I couldn't be more proud, more happy, more excited for someone than Zach Siller, honestly. Um, you know, he, he called me the morning of, and, you know, he wanted to be the first to tell me. And that's been my brother since day one, He get, when he got here with, like, three games left in the season. Um, and I couldn't be more happy or more proud of someone and, you know, all the work he's put in. And just we were able to ride this thing out together, you know. Since he came here, it was just salt and pepper. You know, we were just, you know, me and him, we always had a tight bond since day one. And, you know, that that was a great feeling. I was in his ear yelling on the phone when he called me. Um, you know, he I'm sure he didn't expect anything less, but I could not be more proud or more excited and for someone to have that moment and to get what they've been working so hard for all their life. I mean, someone, you know, he's someone who started out really living that life in a trailer when he first got here. And, you know, now he's on his second, you know, extension with the team. And I couldn't be more proud of him. Just everything he's worked for, you know, now he has enough money to finally buy that, you know, platinum grill. You know, he's, he's always wanted or whatever the heck, some or them, some more of those tools or whatever the heck he'll probably get. But, um, you know, we just really had each other's back throughout this whole process. And I'm so glad he was able to get what he wanted ultimately because, you know, that's, you know, I couldn't be more happy for someone in a lot of ways, more happy for my, than myself. I'll challenge his wife, Hannah. I'm more happy for him than she could ever be. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about that. just going to say, if you thought that Christian was going to be upset about that contract, you have no freaking idea who Christian Wilkins is. Let's hear from Christian on his own contract. And this is what I'm talking about. Talk about a, a better human being than this and a guy that handles it with better class and, and, and uh, responsiveness than this. Here's Christian Wilkins. With, with all that, you know, at this point, I'm just focused on, you know, just back to being my, you know, being the best team that I can be and being there for my guys and getting ready to uh, play a game and getting focused on the season. Um, you know, as far as all that goes, whether something, whether or not something gets done, you know, my focus is on the season. We got a game to play in two weeks. And ultimately, like I said, I'm just here to be the best teammate I can be and be there for my guys the same way I've been all offseason, all training camp. Yeah, if you ever thought that Christian Wilkins is going to miss football games, again, you have no idea about that guy. Let's flip this now over to Zach Seeler, who talked about his relationship with Christian Wilkins. I wanted to know, like, where did this begin? Because for me, like, relationships always start the same way. You kind of put on your best, you know, fake face almost. And then as you get more and more comfortable with someone, you become your real authentic self. And that's when friendships flourish, at least for me. Uh, I wanted to know when it kind of happened for Christian and Zach. Here's Zach on that great buddy cop relationship they have. I see that first offseason here. Um, I, I got here with like three, three and a half weeks left. So I was just kind of trying to, just my head was spinning, um, just trying to learn Miami's defense at that point. And then uh, that first offseason, we kind of slowly kind of grow together, learn each other, kind of how he plays, how I play. And then uh, just from there, it's kind of built to where we're at now, as you see. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Zach on his contract and how happy he is and, and what he thinks about when he thinks back to getting the big extension and spending more time here with the Miami Dolphins. Blessed. Uh, it was... Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things you just dream about it and you work every day towards it. And it's one of those things I'm kind of like, just don't talk about it, just work. Just things will come and just go from there. And then uh, to really get to this point and, uh, in Miami and just to stay here and just be with the team, the guys I love, staff, the coaches, everybody. It's been, it's really, it's really uh, something special. How was the uh, phone call to mom and dad after the contract extension? <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, mom was tearing up and dad really was just speechless. So it was, uh, it's pretty crazy. Deshaun Elliott played in Baltimore with Zach Sealer. He was asked about his former and current teammate on the extension. Here's Deshaun, who is just the best at the podium and pretty good in the what field. What you team. don't know is me and Zach started together in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, we came, same year, everything. So 
I've seen Zach's growth. Uh, he was raw around the edges our rookie year, but he worked hard. And I think the best thing for him was getting cut. Um, with that being said, like, today's the Grim Reaper day. So um, to those guys around the league who's getting cut, like, don't make that be the end of it. You know what I'm saying? The way Zach handled it, he's a very strong-minded guy, so he was able to uh, make that into a positive. Came here, did what he had to do, worked his butt off. He was li- him and Bradley Bozeman were living in a trailer when they were in Baltimore. So, like, just like how humble that guy is and everyone knows how humble he is and how hard he works, uh, it was well-deserved, and I'm proud of him to see where, where he's came, for sure. Off the edge, four players. Imagine this changes as well. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, Emmanuel Ogba. Similar to what I say about Wilkins and Sealer, Chubb and Phillips are another part of this Dolphins roster where I would put our one-two up against anybody else's in the National Football League. Chubb's ability to dent the edge in the run game has been awesome to watch all camp, and we saw it on Saturday. He's also got the ability to run through and around blocks as a pass rusher. You guys know how I feel about Jalen Phillips. He has that three-way go ability. He can redirect inside. He can run over you with the uh, speed to power, and he can win outside with his speed and dip and flexibility ability just a phenomenal football player but then from there you've got some depth as well I think that I have a hard time you know categorizing these groups because Ogba obviously is a D lineman but he's a little bit different um, than Phillips and Chubb are he's long he sets a hard edge he's got a penchant for beating one-on-ones he opens up various fronts that you can call you know it's uh, him um, Wilkins Sealer and Coach Clark have been here for now four years which is kind of cool to see them all stay together uh, just really valuable guy that I don't think it's enough appreciation here. Andrew Van Ginkle is similar with the varied usage we've seen from him and plus cross training this year. He's just good at everything he does. At the off-ball linebacker spot, uh, Tyndall, Riley, Long, and Baker. Is there a faster linebacker room in the NFL? I don't think there is. We know about Baker, tough, durable as hell, fast as hell, cover, blitz, run, and chase, all that stuff. I think David Long is one of the best off-ball linebackers in the league with the very best diagnose and go-get-it skills in the damn league. I'm so excited to watch them work behind 94 and 92 up front. I think Tyndall made one of the biggest jumps all camp from a year ago. The processing is beginning to catch up with the physical traits. Duke, obviously a core special teams guy who allows you to move someone like Baker around when you need to. I always think back to that 2001 game or 2021 game against the Ravens when Duke played Mike and, and Jerome came down and played off the edge. At cornerback, six of them, Kohu, Ramsey, Smith, Howard, Apple, Joseph. Newcomer, Kelvin Joseph, and as we swapped him for Noah Igbenogany, Rooting for Noah in Dallas, great dude with a great mindset, just did not ever click here. Finding the football was a challenge for him, but he operated, uh, Joseph did, he's a good scheme fit, operated in both man and zone match systems in college and, and difficult defenses to learn. I think you'll see that carry over here in Miami. Very fluid hips, and the thing that stands out the most is his length. Kyle Krabs had a scouting report on him and kind of gave him the skin. He said that he posted uh, that he's a, a cover three quarters type of defender uh, in college when he was coming out. Didn't have a ton of snaps, got some work in Dallas, but not a ton. So looking forward to getting to know his game a little bit more. The rest of the room, love seeing Jalen around the team and staying involved with everybody. He's obviously uh, very excited to be here. I just cannot wait to watch him make his debut whenever that might be. Cater Kohu, I think, is going to be one of the better corners in the league for a long time. He just gets it. He wins in the margins. He knows how to work. He's got sweet feet, competitive as hell. He reminds me of Waddle kind of on the defensive side, a real coach and fan favorite. Cam Smith, I think, has the potential to really be a long-term stalwart on the defense. Outrageous instincts we saw all camp long. I love how Eli Apple fits in the system and just makes smart plays on the regular. Of course, X, the perimeter lockdown guy. A lot of times in this defense, you need the boundary receiver to match up with the X and not... Boundary's not outside. It means the short side of the field. You have to have a guy that can lock that down one-on-one. X is that guy. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on the Noah Igbenogany. You know, that was something that um, 
we we definitely weren't chasing. We were approached with. Um, there was some uh, interest there, and you know, really, regardless, um, you know that it wasn't planned. It wasn't a situation where we were uh, uh, really exploring and uh, the idea of not having him on the roster. But when given the opportunity and our um, specific team with our specific needs, um, we thought it was both a win for us. And you know, I'm I'm so happy for and really proud of Noah because um, you know everybody wants to be a first round draft pick um, and as a 20 year old um, that sounds cool but there's there's a burden with that and what you've seen is a guy grow um, as a player and as a person and I think it um, you know being able to uh, be 23 years old and um, go to a go to a place with a fresh start um, specifically with a, you know, a, a guy that I've um, worked with in, in Dan Quinn and just knowing his, his coaching mentality. Um, I think it's a good fit for them. I think it's a good fit for us. So um, that's how deals are done. And five safeties, Holland, Elliott, Campbell, Jones, McKinley, just three guys with Campbell being down. And uh, McKinley was not at practice today, but he, he is going to make the roster here, at least for now. And there will be you know more to happen in this room. I think it's a great sign that we're getting a look at Brandon Jones outside of a red jersey as he has a couple of weeks to get ramped up here. I feel confident in his ability to do that because of the way that he works and how seriously he took his conditioning while he was not practicing. Remember him bringing the bike out into the sunshine in Houston to ride the bike and, and you know drop some some uh, water weight there in Houston. Javon is a player we know can take this defense to another level with his football IQ and playmaking. We saw it in the final preseason game. And then Deshaun Elliott is an absolute tone setter. He also has great range, whether it's you know coming from depth or sideline to sideline. Love his game. He talked about his goals he has this year. I thought this was really good from Deshaun Elliott. I want to win, man. I want to win, not just ten plus games. But I want to win and go deep into the playoffs and. Uh, get my teammates paid, the, who deserve to get paid, and uh, um, what they said, what's the saying? I want to say um, rising tide raises all ships, so I think it's just the biggest thing for me. We also saw tons of Deshaun in the preseason. How did those reps help you get ready for the season? Here's Deshaun. I think it was great, um, just because just knocked the rust off before the first game. Um, I haven't played that much in the third preseason game since like, my rookie year, but I think I really needed it, just to get out there and get the calls out there and also just stuff like I needed to run the show for the younger guys. So I think that's going to help uh, us in the long run. I feel, I feel good, honestly. So it's time to play some ball. And then finally, what is it about the Vic Fangio defense that stands out to you? Last time from the Dolphins safety. You have a set of tools that he gives you and it's up to you to use them. You can't be a robot in his defense. It's about what you think is the best for our defense. And I think um, he's done a great job of making sure we understand that you can't be a robot, that you got to go out there and think and set everybody else up to make their plays. So I think that's one of the biggest things for me. And last but not least, the specialists, Jason Sanders, Jake Bailey, and Blake Ferguson. Pretty uh, core battery there with Sanders and Ferguson back for, let's see, uh, fourth year consecutively here now. And then Jake Bailey, the newcomer. But there you go. That's your Dolphins' 53-man roster. Uh, 27 on offense, 23 on defense, 3 on special, and Nick Needham starts the year on PUP. We're going to go ahead and get out of here for now. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, and so much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline Cameron, Daddy. Daddy.